Okay, I want to welcome you back to another episode of Unfriendly Black Hotties. I'm Kendall. And I'm Jordan. And this week we're going to talk about revelations that we've had in our life. Yes, not the book of the Bible, but the revelations <laughs> that we've seen. It's really funny. I feel like I just randomly texted you yesterday and was like, I think I had a revelation like on Friday. So I was like, can we talk about revelations that we've had recently, like things good and bad that we've noticed about ourselves? And you were like, sure. So this came pretty organically. Yeah, I kind of didn't know what we were going to talk about, to be honest. So when you text me that, I was like, well, this is great. I think it's really easy to talk about your life and your journey over like pop culture. You know what I mean? Because you have to research Mm -hmm. it. But when it's about yourself, I think there's self-reflection, which I think can also be really healing and therapeutic. So I was actually kind of, I was nervous, but I'm, I think I'm more excited than, than nervous, but it doesn't take much for me to get nervous. So I mean, let's be real. Mm -hmm. I was also going to say, I still have pop culture things. So, um, I can always talk pop culture, but I think that I'm, I'm hoping that talking about ourselves will bring a connection to our listeners and really feel like mm-hmm. they're a part of our journey as well as that we're a part of theirs and that there's similar stories and that, you mm-hmm. know, they'll reach out to us with things they're feeling and, you know, vice versa. So I kind of hope talking about it will bring a connection and a sense of community to the other unfriendly hotties, black, white, Latino, all of the above. Yeah. No, Kendall, you, you really do care about the collective consciousness. I appreciate that about you. I feel like since the topic was my idea and we forced you to do the intro, I can kind of kick us off with revelations I made. I made notes about mine. Um, And when I say notes, I just wrote down what the revelations were. So I really don't know what I'm going to say, but we're just going to pray on this because I've had two glasses of wine. I'm working on a third. So... Um, yeah, like we said before, Kendall and I want to talk about recent discoveries we've made about ourselves in the last maybe six months to a year. Um, Kendall and I, again, like you guys probably know if you listen to the first episode, have been friends since we were 18. So a lot has changed over the last <laughs> um, eight years, I guess. Oh, my and, God. Wow. Um, even more importantly, the last couple of months, I feel like Kendall and I have really been manifesting a lot of the growth that we wanted to see in our lives. So I just wanted to document some of that here. Um, so I'll start. I wanted to talk about, like I said, recent discovery, discoveries we've made about ourselves, both good and bad. And for me, I think I really um, – I feel like you can't have good without bad. I think it's cool to highlight – the high points of your life, but I think it's also very important to be cognizant and aware of the things that could be holding you back or that you want to work through in therapy or whatever the case may be. So the first one that I have is that I absorb people's problems. Um, so much so that I think when people are bringing problems to me, that they're bringing them to me so I can fix them for them. So before they even finished talking, I've already kind of come up with a solution in my head or something that I think would help them. Um, but what I'm learning about that is that not everyone solves problems the way I do, one. Number two, um, I don't have to save everyone. That can be a boundary that I have for myself. Um, sometimes I find myself now ignoring phone calls for people that I know if they're calling me just to vent. Because I feel like I have people in my life who just solely want to talk about the bad things that are going on all the time. 
and we can never kind of have like a light conversation, which can be kind of heavy for me. So when I say that I absorb people's problems, you know, it really doesn't matter what I have going on. I find myself really just trying to be like Captain Save-A-Ho and um, swoop in and save the day. And what I've learned is that not everyone wants to be saved and not everyone wants their problems to be gone overnight. Um, and my advice isn't always the best advice. Those are like the big things that I've learned after realizing that about myself. So that was my first one. Kindle, what about you? Um, I feel like if anything, this has been a recent... Oh, my mic isn't moving. Oh, here it goes. Sorry. Um, I got nervous. It was just like, looked like my heartbeat had gone flat and then spiked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I've realized that your story can be powerful. It doesn't have to be a hindrance. I think okay. that like, there have been things that have happened, I think in everyone's life, but my own that I think I allow to be the definition, like the, the defining moment, instead of realizing like you can turn the page. And then there can still be lows once you turn the page, but it doesn't mean you don't stop turning the page. And you keep going until you try to finish that story. I think I kind of got caught up on some things and I don't think it allowed me to really move on um, or find joy. And I don't think I really wanted myself to find joy. I think I always kind of say that that's, I always said I wasn't ready for a boyfriend. I'm not ready for a boyfriend or commitment, but I think it's because I wasn't allowing myself to be open to that. And none of us are perfect. And I mean, I'm not, but I think being in a relationship and being open to that, I think I started to see how I projected things and it wasn't always positive energy. If you don't put out positive energy, you're not going to get it back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think only recently in like the last couple of months have, I feel like I've really been around people um, in my, in like my immediate like community, like DFW community that kind of projected that back to me. It was like, okay, this is how you're coming across, but you could be these things. And I think it's because there have been there have been some things I think that have caused me great sadness. But I think I needed to I need to um, really deal with those so that I don't lose out on joy. That's a uh, big thing. <laughs> I love that we both started with heavy ones. Well, we were just yeah. kind of like, "Fuck it, let's just jump in." I think that's a great revelation, Kindle. My next one. I'm sorry. Were you finished? Yeah. No, I was done. Yeah. Okay, I was like, I think that's, I didn't have anything to add because it's not about me. This is about you. So I really like that. Um, okay, so my next one, <laughs> this is going to sound hippy dippy. Um, my next revelation is that I'm a light worker. Um, I pulled a tarot card the other day that reads, uh, it's the angel Indriel, I N D R I E L, and it says, You are a light worker. God needs you to shine your divine light and love like an angel upon the earth and it's and all of its inhabitants. And basically a light worker is somebody I don't have like the Merriam-Webster definition, but what I kind of gather from this spiritual journey that I've been on is that it's basically someone that um is here and is present and is on earth to bring people closer to their spiritual journeys to connect everyone um, to spread peace and love. Um, 
So that's been a really interesting thing to realize about myself because with that, I've also kind of learned that like I'm going to have a very unconventional path in life, whether I choose it or whether I don't. So I'm probably not going to have, and not that this is shitting on that at all because I love working a nine to five, um, but I probably won't have the average nine to five family lifestyle, um, which has been kind of hard to come to terms with because for a long time, like I've thought that that's what it was required of me. I've always wanted to be normal. I've always told myself that and society has told me that too, but therapy and astrology and just the placements in my life and the spirits that speak to me have told me otherwise. So yeah, I'm a light worker. That's been really cool to discover about myself. You know, I will say on that point, I don't know if I'm a light worker or not, but I think that, um, I guess I'll just call him Mr. Big, um, or the boyfriend. His path is a little bit more unconventional, not that it's not Mm -hmm. of merit, um, but I think I always saw myself with someone that their life was very straight and narrow and it was going to look a certain way. And then we turned this age, you're going to do it that way. And then like, I feel like meeting him and I feel like there, there could be, it could be very serious and like his life looks different. It's really made me adjust what I thought my life could look like. Um, mm-hmm. and if it actually made me happy. Because I think you're right. I think society tells you it has to look this way. And even my own career right now and what I'm doing, it's not necessarily where I thought I would be. Um, but I think there's been a lot of acceptance and I think understanding of otherness as far as what life could look like that's not um, maybe as popular by mainstream. And I've realized mm-hmm. only that in like the last like couple of months um, and that like I'm at peace with it, even if others around me that I think I sought guidance for aren't. Um, so it's been kind of interesting that like, I'm like, oh, you know, well, I don't know. It's just been kind of interesting. But I've had to come to terms with like what I thought is not always, you know, what it is or will be. Do you have a specific example, I guess, of something that you feel like ha- you've changed your mind on? If you like, don't mind expounding on that. If not, like, no, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll care very much, but like, he's an entrepreneur. And so he is building his own business. And I think a lot of times, because of social media, and I think just me not understanding what's odd about it is I took entrepreneur classes. So I should have been more, I don't know why, anyway, whatever, neither here nor there. (laughs) I think we see where people get to the end right? You always see the end, but you don't see all of it that took to get to the end or maybe the success that you're getting notoriety. Maybe it's not the end, it's a notoriety. Right. And so he's really starting from the ground up right now. And like, I am kind of there with him and it's like, I believe in the vision and I know that he's going to be successful and be somebody. But right now there's that foundation that's being built. And I think, I don't know if I ever thought that I would be someone with the foundation. I think I thought I would be there when like the success story was there. So you've learned basically that you can withstand or like you can be a part of, well, you know, what's interesting about that though, you've always been a person who was attracted to potential and not saying that you're attracted to this person because they don't have anything and they're only showing you what they could be, but like you are a person who likes to watch things build from the ground up with sorority 
with uh, the careers that you choose. I feel like you align yourself usually with projects or things that are like still fairly new. You can kind of have a stamp on. I'm not saying you're with this person so you can influence how they make decisions, but it almost doesn't shock me that you're with somebody who wants to build for something for themselves. I guess I wasn't shocked because I think you're right. Like I had realized that about myself that I can see potential in things and people and not that I'm using anyone. I'm not saying that. I just, I could see that. And I'm like, I can, I'm attracted to that. I guess I just never thought I would be with someone like that. I was always doing things that were entities, not necessarily a person. Um, Like the sorority was already established. It just wasn't established on our campus. Or this is like mm-hmm. a human being and like moving parts and feelings. And I think that that's different. But I think I've kind of surprised myself in that, how I've kind of relaxed to it. Um, and there's a sense of peace of like, it's going to be okay. Like it's going to work. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting in that I've had to like, really, I think, I think anytime you date, you put yourself out there. I think it puts almost you in check or like, am I okay with this? I know I said it, but like, am I really okay with this? Um, mm-hmm. It's been really kind of interesting because it's just not how I, um, I don't know. It's just been interesting, but I'm appreciative of it. Like I, I don't, and I'm for it. I just, it's been interesting. I wanted to highlight because I think my last revelation that I made about myself, I kind of started going into it, but I didn't realize I took it as a note to already talk about. So the fact that my calling is unconventional, um, which is really scary because we live in a time where most people are creating jobs for themselves. So it's not that it's hasn't been done before, but it really hasn't been done before. So like there's no one's model that I can follow or ask questions to. So that's a little scary, but I realized that showing up and being present for myself is going to allow me to be as successful as I want to be. So I wanted to highlight two apps that kind of keep me <laughs> on track. Um, both of them require your birthday and the time you were born. So if you don't have those two things, you'll have to get those first. But one of them is called CoStar. So CoStar is strictly astrology and it basically, this is not an ad or anything, but basically uh, gives you your whole birth chart. So it allows you to see which zodiac sign aligns with which planet. Um, It shows you your houses. It gives you descriptions of all that stuff too and what it means. And then there's the pattern app um, that is basically more about just the way that you are as a person, the certain patterns and things that you inhabit and develop over time. So I wanted to read something on there that I got. Um, It basically just says, uh, you don't have to act out in extreme ways to acknowledge this part of your personality in reference to me being an eccentric person, but pretending you're just like everyone else only makes you feel more alone and like you haven't done a good job. It's natural for you to want to have a function and be needed, but it's likely to be done in a much more unique form than you might think. And if you're unable to accept this, life will intervene by bringing radical changes to you. So it's like... Even if I want to force myself to be as uh, traditional as possible, life is going to continually change to where I'm going to have these like radical, just like earth shattering changes. So it's like I might as well just walk in a a eccentric way like I plan um, and let life come to me. So I just wanted to expound on that one a little bit more. Well, and I think it's kind of important to note that that, I feel like that since I've known you, 
especially after you graduated, I feel like you really struggled with that. Of I think you knew the path you wanted, but you didn't know the path to get there. And I think you were fighting it. And maybe you still are. I think we all fight what maybe we want to do because we're like, is that really what we're supposed to do? Um, but I'm really happy to hear that you're really walking into that. Um, I think it'll only bring happiness and joy to your to your well being. Um, it's just kind of I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. It's just again, it's really scary because they say like light worker and and I don't know what any of that means. Like I, I can't just like call up someone in my family. It's not like they're saying, oh, you're meant to be a nurse or an educator or a firefighter. Like it's not a tangible something. And I think that's what scares me the most, but we'll see down the road <laughs> what pops up for me. Um, you can go ahead and go if you have any more, because I feel like I'm rambling. Um. I really think that's been the big one. And I think the last one would be, um, but I don't really think I've really, I don't know if it's a revelation of something that I'm doing or something I need to do. It's probably the, the latter that I need to do it. But I think I, I really need to start trusting my gut. Um, it keeps coming up. <laughs> it's, it's like a scab that never goes away. You think it's healed and it's not. And I really, really am going to challenge myself as we head into the latter part of the year um, to really do that. Because I feel like any time I have, and it's not even in some defiant type of energy, it's just like, nope, this is what I think is right. It's I feel like I've never been led astray. And I feel like when I don't is when I go down a path that maybe I really didn't want to or it wasn't for me. So that's something I really want to do and kind of really dig deep into the powers that I have. Um, and, and not in some militant way, but more just like, I think everyone has powers. Um, I just really want to lean into that in my voice. Um, mm -hmm. I think I, I really believe that when I do those things wholeheartedly and really lean into those, I don't know what bad could come out of it. I don't know if it will always be a comfortable journey, but I don't think there could be bad by, by doing that. Um, as the hustling hippie that I am, I'm really happy to hear you say that solely because I did. Um, so I do at home yoga a lot and there is a yoga for the solar plexus, which is your third chakra, um, which is a little below your belly button. And basically it's talking about how I see these posts all the time, but they say like, so you have three brains in your body. Um, the biggest is your gut. The second biggest is your heart and your smallest is your head. So it's basically saying that like the area that takes up the most space that has the most power, which is your gut is also a brain of yours, which you can use in all situations in life. Um, there have been yeah. so many gut instincts that I've felt just over the years. Um, and it's really interesting once you start paying attention to that, once you start letting that guide you and canceling out all the noise around it what your life begins to look like and how your perspective begins to shape I um, think it becomes your life <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you start owning it you start taking um true like autonomy over your decisions and your feelings and your reactions and it's just it's a freeing feeling knowing that everything that you have 
is within you and everything that you need is within you, including God. So. And that's something I've really leaned into um, the last couple of months is my spirituality. And I think owning it is for myself instead of doing what I was told to do, which is there's no like negative energy with that. I think we all follow what our parents teach us to do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think I kind of took that for myself, my own ownership. Um, and I think I've been really pleased with the outcome of that um, thus far, that like what's come out of it. So that's something else I'm really excited about. I feel like I had a very light discovery that I've made, but I love to cook. <laughs> I have not been a cooker my whole life. I was a baker. And recently, I don't know why it took me, this is my third apartment. I don't know why it took me this long, but I've discovered like, oh, I do like cooking. I can make restaurant level things at home. This is relatively inexpensive. So... That was just a light one that I wanted to throw out there, but I find it hilarious. I did not realize that you only ever baked before. Yeah, I love to bake, but I'm not that person when other people talk about their interests to, well, I am that person to bring up my own interest. But like if someone bakes something and it's really delicious, I don't like to bring up like, oh my God, I love to bake too. I've made this, this, and this, and this. It's like, I just try to enjoy that person's treat, I think. But I don't bake as often as I would like to. I feel like I always tell myself in the fall, winter, like, I'm going to start baking more because it's colder and I want treats. And then I'm just like, seasonal depression. So that could probably be something that I lean into this fall, winter that could pull me out of that. Because cooking is very meditative um, and it forces you to focus on one thing at a time. So I totally understand why people like it now. It took some years, but I'm here wife me okay so (laughs) did you have any more revelations that you've made about yourself I feel like that was really good conversation to start off with like if you've made it this far congratulations because we were talking about some deep shit Um, (laughs) yeah and then I was like now I feel like we can transition into the fun because I only have two pop culture topics I want to talk about I feel like for timestamp sake and for when I look back on this in like 10 years, I'm not going to regret bringing up Nipsey Nipsey Hussle on this podcast. Um, Because I feel like we should acknowledge just a little bit of our feelings around, not our feelings around his death, but just like the aftermath of how it's affected us or if it has at all. Because I talked about this on our first episode, how most things happen in a 72 hour news cycle. Um, Nipsey Hussle, I believe, was killed on March 31st. Mm-hmm. Today is April 14th. They are still talking about his death. Not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's been two weeks of consistent news coverage. I feel like I haven't seen something like this since like Prince died um, or since like Michael Jackson died. Um, so that's just like goes to show impact there. It could also be because I do follow more like urban news coverage and sites like that. But even still, I think it just kind of goes to show like the type of impact Nipsey Hussle had. So I just wanted to bring it up um, as a timestamp in history, because I think we're going to look back on this years from now and see kind of how it impacted and painted and changed not just hip hop culture, but black culture as well. I will be honest. I had not listened. I have not listened to any of his music. 
I haven't either. I've let me rephrase that. I have listened to his music before, but I've never listened to like an entire body of work, like an incomplete album. I've only listened to singles. I cannot deny the impact that he's made on his LA community. Um, I can tell. I feel like if anything, what I got out of it is I did watch the memorial service. Is his mm-hmm. mother's level of spirituality mm. was really mm-hmm. on, like was really like wow. Um, and I think it made me realize, I think anytime someone passes away or something happens, it makes you really lean into those that you love the most. And I feel like it really made me kind of like take a step back and be like, you know, I am so appreciative for appreciative for you and you and you and for this reason. I think sometimes in the minotia, is it minotia? Of life, you kind of forget to honor those that you care about. You just you just never know. Um so they get me kind of look at that and make sure I'm not wasting time on things that maybe aren't important when I don't know if that makes any sense, but I don't know, seeing that and I think seeing Lauren London's like sadness, you you couldn't mm-hmm. help but not feel that. Um, it just yeah. made me really like be like, wow, like do things that make you happy and be with the people that you love and, and that love you back. That's the key. You can love someone. But <laughs> don't waste your time on someone that doesn't value you. <laughs> oh, my nail. <laughs> um, I agree with all that. I was going to – it's really interesting that you brought up his mother's spirituality because I think that's the big thing that I took from it about how calm she was, but mm-hmm. how in tune she was how confidently she spoke about her ancestors and what I love about spirituality and just being connected in general is that a a lot of it allows you to feel the energies of people, the environments that you're in of the world. And I'm all about anything that encourages me to lean more into how my body is feeling because I truly believe that your emotional feelings mm-hmm. impact how your body performs. Um, and it's because I am someone who lives with depression and anxiety, um, probably a little bit of undiagnosed ADHD. So I know that my feelings have a huge impact on how I perform as a person. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just love anything that is encouraging you to listen to that and to lean into that. We keep saying lean in and I think it's funny, but um, Yeah. Rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. Prayers to his family and friends. Thank you for being here and for seeing a life that was bigger than the one that you planned for yourself, but wanting to have a positive impact on people and just being an honorable person and being remembered for that. Your legacy will live and shine forever. So, yeah. It's true. Rest in peace. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a really childish pop culture topic. And like, I think it's because of recently I've been looking at her a little differently, but it's about Jennifer Lopez. Okay. Um, he said in a recent interview that, <laughs> so obviously Jennifer Lopez is now engaged to Alex Rodriguez for some context. Um, but she said that he is more of a hustler than any man that she's ever dated before. 
um, this was something I saw on Twitter that was quoted by like, it was TMZ's article and then it was like quoted by Black Twitter. But everyone thought it was hilarious because one of her ex-boyfriends is Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, Diddy, who is like known for being a hustler. But she was very adamant. She didn't name names, but she was like, no, I've never met anyone who hustles like Alex Rodriguez. And then somebody was like, no, this is when it got shady. Someone in the comments or in the, <laughs> the thread compared their net worth. Um, Diddy's is substantially higher than Alex Rodriguez's. And they were like, numbers don't lie, sis. So I was like, good dick will make you do things. Uh, It'll make you say some crazy things. In the word of Boosie, that dick will have you crazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder how Jesse Smollett's doing. Um, I mean, uh, Jesse Smollett, uh, I don't even get that case. I, well, I that's interesting that she said that. I mean, hustler's subjective, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you know what's also interesting? I think I have a phrase I keep to myself of like, how quickly we forget, you know? Like, I think sometimes, I mean, they haven't been together since the 90s. So I think maybe the way that Puff Daddy was hustling then could be different than after they broke up. So if she's comparing it to that model, then maybe A-Rod does hustle harder. But I, I also think it's funny that I'm bringing this up even as a podcast topic. I just thought it was funny because I keep seeing JLo in the news recently. There was this whole thread about how she doesn't write any of her own music, allegedly. Let me put that out there because I don't want to get sued on this bitch. But um, she also did the Motown tribute at the Grammys. So there was a little bit of like controversy. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know, Kendall, why your face made me laugh. Um, there was some controversy around that. But it's funny because she went on The Breakfast Club and was like, I don't regret doing the Motown tribute. And somebody replied and was like, okay, but you didn't have to watch it. And I was like, (laughs) that was unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) I like J-Lo. I did when I was younger, but in the words of Mariah Carey, I don't know her. Um, Uh... Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I I think that J-Lo really rides for whoever she's with. She's so like not in a bad way, but I mean, I would talk, I would only speak highly of like my future husband the same way. Like I don't see myself being like, oh, well, so-and-so that I dated was more of a hustler than this person. Like I don't, first, I would be like, no, he's the best because that's mine you know I think maybe she means they they hustle in different ways I think physically Alice Rodriguez probably did hustle more than Diddy because he used his body as his form of money making where Diddy used a different part I don't know I don't know she's just riding for hers that's all I got on that she really is don't be fooled by the rocks that I got you know what's also interesting about that I'm like Jennifer Lopez if someone asked me, if I were Jennifer Lopez and someone was like, 
pointing a conversation in the direction of my current significant other's net worth, I'd be like, have you checked my fucking net worth? I'm Jennifer Lopez. Like, <laughs> didn't she just finish? I'm going to look up her net worth right now. Because now I'm curious. I feel like it's relatively uh, high. I would think so. I, I feel like maybe people think that she maybe didn't appreciate Diddy for Diddy. I really don't know. I'm really talking at this point. I didn't even know she said that till you brought it up. So I'm like, huh. Yo. As of June 2018, JLo's net worth was $380 million. <laughs> Who? I mean, damn. She must have writing credits or something because well, she acts. She also is an actress. Yeah, I was about to say she is an actress too. Even though she's always playing a white woman in her movies. But that's a different conversation. <sighs> My stepmom brought it up once and I haven't been able to unsee it. It's kind of like when they were like Nashville is the white Atlanta. <gasps> oh. I know Twitter ruins everything. But yeah, I know my stepmom said that one time. And then I kind of like went back through her catalog and was like, okay, yeah, her name's like Susan James. It's never anything like. like But see, that's what irritates me about Hollywood. It's like if you're white in a role, you're like really white. And if you're like Latina in a role, you're like really Latina. Like they never. I think that's why shows like Insecure and stuff are so like groundbreaking because they're not solely weighted in stereotypes of what that person should be. So maybe JLo was just like, you know, um, caught in the crossfire of all of that. Like all of her movies, a lot of them came out in the early 2000s. So how many roles for Latina women really were available to play Latina women that represent the everyday life, not the caricature that I think society has placed on them as like a fiery, thick accent, curvaceous, sexy, like, you know, but she's had a lot of different roles. If you think about it, she's got Anaconda. <laughs> I don't know why I said that one first. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then the one where she was fighting that guy in the house, Enough, Made in Manhattan. Jayla has a lot of movies. Can we talk about with- Selena is good. There's the one coming out where she's a stripper with Cardi B, which I don't know how well, that's going to go. It's based off a New York Times, or not New York Times, an article published in a magazine. I think it's a true story, actually. So it's not, like, made up. In Living Color... That's on her rap sheet, even though she was a dancer. Monster-in-law? Um, I was like, we're just going to keep going back to Jennifer Lopez movies. Ooh, what's that one that just came out where she faked on her resume who she was? But you know what the tea about that movie was that irritates me? It's like, do people not lie on their resumes? I never have. Because my sister said that she had a boss who lied on their resume and ended up getting a job as like some high level banker. She, granted she's white, not my sister, but her boss was so, but I feel like if I put that on the manager of a Toys R Us, who's going to know any <laughs> different? Who y'all gonna call? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's not untrue. Um, the last thing I don't know. Oh, I guess. Well, honestly, topic wise, I feel like I was finished. And I feel like we can wrap up kind of just by talking about any upcoming things we have um, or any events we're going to in our cities sometime um, soon. Well, I'm going to go see Marin Morris this upcoming Good Friday. And then this is Easter weekend. So I'm going to church with the family and the, the boyfriend, I guess. I don't know how I feel about calling it that, but yeah. Is it because, you know what? That's, no, not you, that's an off recording. You can ask me. I don't know. Okay. Is it because you have not accepted the title of his girlfriend yet? Um, See, that's why I said no. it was not a girlfriend. I tried to. I was like, "No, nah, I ain't gonna put her business no. out there like that." I, but, you know what? You want to be real? I want to be asked in a certain way. You have said that, okay? So you so, still haven't been asked. No. That way. Okay, fair. Well, if you're listening, so I finally said that. I thought I had made that clear. I had not. Um, and so I said, "Look, okay. like it's. I mean, I think I needed to adjust to the idea. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's kind of like, oh, this is a thing." Um, I know some people are like, get over it, but you know, for me, you know, each their own, but I finally just said, you know, I want to be asked a certain way. Um, some people might say that's unrealistic. I'm not asking for a diamond ring. I'm just saying, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I want to be asked a certain way. I threw it out there and you know what? He said yes to it. So, Hey, so yeah, I'm just waiting but he did tell me that if I say no this time, it's there's he's not asking again. Oh. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What about you? Okay. Um, well, yeah, you're right. Um, it is Easter weekend. So I will actually be in Georgia this weekend visiting my dad and family, niece, nephew, brother, stepmom. Um... Let me think. Uh, I don't think I really have much else going on. Um, but stay tuned. My life will be way more interesting next Wait, month. Wait, what are you going to wear for Easter? I still don't know yet. I I want to do an off-the-shoulder dress. I have never worn an off-the-shoulder dress or like owned one because I have larger breasts. I'm just going to say it. But... Um, I think with all the yoga that I've been doing and how my chest looks different now, it's just really weird. Um, I could probably pull one off. So that's what I was thinking about doing, but I don't have anything yet. If anything, I'll just wear a jumpsuit that I already own because I have a million jumpsuits. But I don't know what we're doing on Easter. I don't know if we're actually going to church or if we're doing brunch or if we're just staying in the house. Because my dad's not like a, a every church, every week church type of person. So... We'll see. Yeah, I've been looking for what I'm going to wear for the last month to no avail. Um, I was going to say the last month. I usually get my outfit like the day well, before Well, I normally Easter. end up finally deciding the day before Easter, but I start looking a month <laughs> out. Everybody's over it. I believe that. I'm sure they're just like, okay, we all have our outfits. It's not even that. I just... Uh, 
Also, it really doesn't matter what you wear. Like, it's, it's really about, like, the you know resurrection what? of Jesus Christ. Honestly, I have made it about me. I'm not going to lie in my outfit. Yeah. Like, this sounds a lot about I can you. own that. But, you know, I haven't bought an Easter dress in, like, ever. Because I, I always just kind of upcycle what I already have. And I was kind of like, I want to get something. I've joined this new church, you know. You're trying to poke it on out for your little boo. You know what? Since you got a little act- Easter boo this year. Are you making him I a basket? Am. I'm so excited. I keep talking about it. I, I think he's over it. Um, but it's it's my love language, and he knows this. So, <laughs> you know what that that should be next week's our next episode topic, like our love languages. We should both take the quiz and I, then come well, on I here. I think and it's my love. I like giving gifts, and I really think about it. It'll take me months to decide. Like your yeah, Easter I always dress. Just think I can find something that's more of that person. Um, he's like, okay, I know that he'll like it though, so I'm not really like. I think he's just giving me a hard time because I'm easy to rile up. Rile up, I don't know, but yeah. So I am getting him an Easter basket. I think yeah, that's. So I hope sweet. he likes it. I think he will. Just something, you know. And if we doesn't, then we'll just have to gut him like a fish. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of Unfriendly Black Hotties. Check us out on Instagram at Unfriendly Black Pod. That's Unfriendly Black Pod P O D. Again, I'm thank Jordan. And thank cool. you so much. Uh, we'll see you guys yeah. later. Bye.